Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Daniel Revere's purpose is to love others like Jesus has loved him. Born and raised in Arizona, Daniel now lives in Wichita, Kansas, where he is a district manager for Vector Marketing. In his career with Vector since 2011, Daniel has $3.7 million in career sales of Cutco Cutlery, the world's finest kitchen cutlery. Daniel's purpose runs deeper and more expansive, though. He loves anything competitive and athletic, and he imbues his purpose in all. He likes dancing, attending concerts, traveling, and running and working out. He was a college baseball player and bowler, and today Daniel is a serial entrepreneur working in health supplements, and in 2017, he began his involvement in real estate investing. Daniel shows his love for others, sponsoring children in three different countries as an office team, and as of our interview, he has been able to influence his customers to sponsor another five orphans. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Tanner. How are you today? I'm amazing, man. Yourself? Yeah, doing really well. Living a productive lifestyle. Where are you? I am in Wichita, Kansas, in my sister's basement. Nice, nice. Yes. Appreciate you uh, you setting up in your sister's basement. I know yesterday we had a lot of trouble getting the recording going. It was really nice catching up with you a couple nights ago for the first time in six years. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Um, it's just great to see you know, how far you've come and uh, your journey as I followed you on social media and uh, really, what uh, what you're becoming is what I'm most excited about. So uh, this being a part of that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's nice to form a, a new relationship with you other than just being my former boss here. Yeah. A friend and a mentor to me in many ways. Excited to see where our relationship can go. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny how it's come full circle because I actually haven't told you this yet, but one of my dreams, it's on my dreams list to be on a podcast and when I saw that you were having one that you were putting together, I thought, man, that's uh, pretty cool. And, and, and to think, you know, you were able to create, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to check off one of my dreams. I think that's really cool, right? It comes full circle like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really yeah. nice. Well, yeah, uh, you, you reached out to me to be on this podcast, and that's the first time that that's happened. Yeah. So it's really showing that this podcast idea is is truly becoming an amazing thing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Why did you reach out to me to be on the podcast? What did you what do you think is your purpose? Yeah, so, you know, when I saw what your overall arching theme was, you know, I thought that's something I've been asked to address in different platforms and I've just never done it on this platform, but, you know, it's something that I feel I have a really strong sense of. Uh, for myself and my organization, and yeah, so I just thought I want to want to share that in this platform and be able to have you know others have the opportunity to you know get inspired and and know that there's opportunity to do what, in my opinion, God has put on their heart to pursue, even though there's obstacles and adversity that it can be done when you surrender to the process and just say yes. So that's really why I wanted to reach out was just to 
give my story and obviously reconnect with you to see where it goes from there. Yeah, very cool. So what is your purpose? Could you encapsulate it in a single statement or sentence? Yeah. So what comes to mind when I think of it, it's really to love others like Christ has loved me and to show that in all areas of life. And I have a platform in my you know, workspace that I'm able to do that in. And then I've this year been able to branch out quite a bit with opportunities that have been put in front of me and uh, really just doing it in an unconditional way and making those that are unloved in different, um, I guess, avenues or experiences, you know, that they've been through where they feel like they might not have support or love. I want to be the individual that can come in with my, you know, myself or, or, or a team or programs to support them in a way that, that says, hey, you know, there are people out there that do care, that do love, regardless of your past or regardless of your circumstance, uh, even if it's not something that they ended up in by choice, which is what we do with some of the orphan things and what we're looking to get done with some foster care and foster system programs. Yeah, yeah. You say you want to love them regardless of... Yeah, so just love regardless of their past and love regardless of circumstances if it's an individual that you know, didn't really make decisions to get them where they're at, where they might feel like there's not that support, whether that be a foster kid in the foster system, or there's, you know, an orphan overseas that, you know, is uh, struggling to get by because they're in third world country and don't have a lot of financial means or, or support in that avenue. And so that's basically what, what we're looking to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And what have you done um, towards that goal so far? I know that you sent me a really inspiring article. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was 2015, I ended up taking my first journey over to Africa. We went to a small town called Katali in the country of Kenya. And uh, they had a sponsorship program that had just gotten started. And ironically, the first child that was sponsored, his name was Daniel as well. And I just had experienced uh, the Holy Spirit in a way that was really profound. And I immediately knew that that was a cause that I wanted to get behind and rally with and wanted to come back to the States and sponsor more children in that program. And what's unique about the program is 100% of the proceeds actually gets to the child. And it was started by a church here in Wichita. And the program is called Our Hope. The R stands for Restoring. So when I came back, I just shared that vision with the team and they uh, took a hold of it right away. And we voted on who we wanted to sponsor. And the interesting part was that uh, once you submit who you want, it actually happens by random selection. And it's basically who come, who, whatever child comes in first, that's who gets sponsored next. And we all voted as a team to sponsor a little girl named Sayla who lost both of her parents due to HIV AIDS a couple years before that time. And the random selection actually picked her as the individual to sponsor. And so the likelihood of that happening was like one in 20. For those two things to come together, you know, that was just another sign of like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. So that worked out pretty well. And what we uh, started to do is get our team to talk about it on their appointments because representatives sit down with customers one-on-one in their home and 
we just shared what we were doing. And because of that, we've been able to sponsor two more kids in the program. And we have a handful of customers that have taken on their own sponsorships, which has been pretty cool. So we have close to about 10 total children sponsored just based off of our office's influence, which is pretty exciting and really don't see any cap to that number. We're just going to continue to let people have the opportunity to have a part in what's going on. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. How many, um, how many of these children do you sponsor at this point? Yeah. So we have three in our office and then about seven, I believe that are sponsored from customers hearing about it through a representative. So about 10 total, the whole program collectively, I think has about 70 total children sponsored at this point. And it just got started a couple of years ago. And the, the unique part, like I said earlier, is the fact that 100% of the proceeds gets to the child. There's no overhead. There's no expense. Everyone that's involved in the program is just doing it as a part of the ministry. And that's a really unique part of it because it's hard to you know, find an organization that isn't taking out you know, a chunk, sometimes a decent chunk of change. Nothing against those programs or anything. It's just they're so big. They just have to have those expenses to take care of all the admin. And we're just not at that level yet. So we're just really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any um, any results or any feedback on how your support is impacting any of these children's lives at this point? Yeah. So from what I've heard, the first girl that we've sponsored, um, she's in a pretty stable environment. It's the the most stable it's been since she's lost her parents. And, you know, from what I've been told, she's uh, getting her best grade she's ever uh, received. And also uh, her attendance is the best that it's ever been. Because the thing is over there, you know, it, it gets to a point when you become an orphan where you just really have to fend for yourself and you have to find a way to uh, really just survive. And so when it comes down to it, you know, going to school is going to come second to you know, eating and, and drinking clean water. So um, being able to provide for her that part of it, it allows her to focus on school and attend it and, and get herself uh, to the post-education level, which is really what uh, they put a lot of pressure on these students over in these, you know, third world countries, from what I understand. If they can't get out of the, you know, high school level, uh, it's very difficult for them to get out of their situation. So it's kind of a self cycling process that's hard to break if they don't get the education and test out to get into college or a technical school. So that's what we're looking to do with the program from the beginning. The vision is that these children come through the program and then get a position or a profession that allows them to support themselves and have their family, but then also, you know, remember what was done for them and remember that there's children from their communities that they came from that, you know, are still hurt and, you know, can come back and, and give to those children. So they basically do it on their own and they're helping their own people. But it's got to be started and kickstarted somewhere. And so that's what this program's about. Yeah, that's amazing. So you say that you sponsor them within your company. Could you could you remind me, like, what is the role that you have right now within your company? Yeah, so I'm a district manager for a marketing company called Vector Marketing. And we market Cutco Cutlery. We are the uh, sole distributor of Cutco products. And I run the Wichita office and territory. So most of central and then all the way to our bordering western, eastern, and southern states. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. And how do you see your role as directly impacting the people in, in your community? Like 
people working for you, the people you're serving? What kind of impact are you having in those lives? Well, uh, we work with more college students than anyone else in the area. Um, and as a company, as a whole, really what we teach are the soft skills. So um, able to allow individuals to work on the skills that aren't necessarily taught in our formal education system we currently have in place, although it does seem to be adapting a little bit. It's not quite at the pace that the economy or the uh, job market is starting to, the evolution that's taking place with it. So yeah, we just, uh, what we really pride ourselves on is just basically creating individuals that are more confident, that, that have leadership skills, that have sales skills, that can communicate more effectively, that can present themselves in a product. And so what I see us doing as an organization is just really creating the next layer of, of leaders and and podcast producers like yourself. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we're really just inspiring individuals to be the greatest versions of themselves. And uh, we have some great programs and products and leadership in place to allow that to happen. And so this is just a, a piece of the, of the pie of giving back. And that's the big thing is I want these individuals to understand that it's more than uh, just about, you know, what we do and what we can earn and who we can become. It's really about how can we add value to those around us the most? And the first step is we have to become more, do more, create more. But then from there, it's allowing others into that ecosystem that we've created for our own lives and allowing others to live life at the next level based off of who we become and sharing it. Yeah. Yeah, we have a saying in our office. We say we work hard to be blessed so that we can bless others. And really, in the end, it's about, you know, being that vessel and allowing things to flow through you and not, you know, being a stockpiler of things. I heard a, a quote one time in a book that was talking about, you know, water. And anytime you let the water get stagnant, that's when it starts to get nasty. So I like to think of that's of how blessings work. You know, you get mm. blessed it's so you can pass it on uh, to those that, uh, you know, are around you. Yeah, that that's amazing. Uh I was just writing an essay about this very concept in regards to becoming a teacher in like an underprivileged sort of school system. Um, I was saying that urban education needs more people that do come from blessed opportunity-filled backgrounds uh, to be able to pass on those skills that are necessary to develop character and grit and perseverance that can allow a student to take ownership over their education and lift themselves out of their disadvantaged situation. I think that's really cool that you're doing that for many layers of people, like not only your community and your employees, but also you're using that medium to be able to to bring it to these orphans in Kenya. And it's really, really cool that you've created uh, layers of, of hope and change like that from a position of leadership. I really admire that. So what blessings do you think have come into your life that may have been perceived as a misfortune? by others or even initially by yourself? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would say for me, one of my biggest blessings in disguise was, um, and it was due to my own decisions, but it's actually what led me to Vector Marketing, which has been the platform that has really changed my life and allowed me to 
I guess, come out of my shell and, and expose my inner confident self to the world, uh, it was actually going through my divorce. So I got married right out of high school. Uh, a lot of things that happened since then and uh, five years into it, it didn't work out. But what happened is I was separated uh, from who's now my ex-wife at the time. And uh, she was making the money to support the family. And I, uh, you know, obviously when we separated, she took those funds with her. Uh, she didn't want to uh, no longer provide that, that, uh, that financial means this direction, which is understandable. So I had to go find uh, work. And at the time I was a full-time student, had a two-year-old son. I was a athlete as well in college. And uh, those that are college athletes know that you don't have a lot of extra time for really anything. It was, it was going to be something that was going to be a struggle, but going into that summer, I, I needed to find some work and, and I really just landed upon uh, this random ad in the newspaper that said entry level. And I said, I can do that. So I applied and it seemed like a pretty simple program. It seemed like it was something that paid out for what you put in. And I thought, I'm going to give it a try. I'll, I'll, I'll go do 10 appointments and see what happens. And really the rest is history. I would say that that would be one of those things where, you know, it was the roughest time of my life going through that experience because uh, there was just a lot of factors involved with just the whole circumstance. Looking back on it, though, you know, if it wasn't for that struggle, then, you know, I would have had no reason to look outside my comfort zone because sales is something that I never thought I'd ever do. I was very introverted, very shy, quiet, reserved. I was the last child from my parents. And they, you know, they did a pretty good job of protecting me and just like always looking out for me. And I was kind of in a bubble. So I just wasn't exposed to a lot of opportunity to fail and get rejected and that sort of thing. And I was an athlete and I always performed at a pretty high level and, and won championships and things like that. So, you know, I knew I knew it took hard work to create those things. But at the same time, I just didn't fail a whole lot up to that point. And so it was just an experience that, you know, I wouldn't have been led to had it not been for what would have been my biggest, uh, you know, quote unquote failure at the time, which really in the end is just another experience. So yeah, that's what I would say is, is going through the divorce really was uh, the biggest, you know, blessing that at the time definitely felt like it uh, was going to be something I could never get out of. Yeah. And how many years have you been with the company? 2009 is when I started. So I'm in my, my eighth year. I think that's really interesting that you've been able to commit to a company and climb the ladders to a, a position that you've been in for a while as a millennial. What do you think you've had to do to be able to stay so committed and dedicated to this cause? Well, it actually goes back to my purpose. And this is a platform that allows me to express um, who I am and have some freedom and flexibility to expose my representatives to what I feel is a higher calling and, and a higher purpose than, you know, just getting a paycheck, just getting experience, just making your resume more exciting. Uh, it's something that's deeper. And while I don't stand at the front of the training class or team events and yell out my purpose, a lot of times what I find is when people are looking for deeper meaning, that's when they come to me and they'll ask questions. And I'm able to expose them to what is a deeper meaning and purpose for me. And I just haven't found any other opportunity out there that exposes me to as many individuals on a pretty intimate level. Uh, a lot of times spending at least three days in training with these people, getting to hear their main whys and their main purpose for doing the job, 
which a lot of times we try to relate all the way back to their overall life purpose. So I get to I get to hear what that is and and, and help tie the organization into that and then help them sometimes come up with that purpose or figure out how to refine that purpose. So yeah, I would just say the amount of influence that I'm able to have as well as the level of relationship I'm able to to develop with these individuals, that's been the biggest mainstay for me and that's why I'm still yeah. here. And there's a, there's a lot of other perks and, and things that go into it. You know, we travel a lot and, uh, you know, the, the financial side of things, great. And the experience, I'm continuing to grow and challenge myself on a weekly, really daily basis as well. So it's it's just a place that really you can't get bored unless you choose to get bored because there's always areas for opportunity and growth, just like life. And so I like that it relates very well uh, with life. Yeah. And in regard to your personal growth. Um, I guess I have a couple questions. Like, what do you value much more now than you maybe did five years ago? And what have you learned about leadership? Okay, so I value my time more now than I did five years ago. Lost my mom in March of this year. And so that was a, a pretty good wake up call for me. And uh, just realized how much of an awesome mother I had. Really just need to live out her legacy, you know, and so moving forward as people close to me pass, because that's going to happen. That's one of the inevitables of life is that it ends um, just to carry those things that have been instilled in me out. And so I'm, I've been more protective of my time, focusing more on what is most important, what are my highest of values and making sure that those are just in the schedule and that things don't take precedence over, you know, the, the lower values don't take precedence over the higher values. Uh, well, I'm not perfect in that. That's really what I've been paying attention to the most and just realizing that a lot of the things that we accomplish that aren't eternal uh, shouldn't be coming uh, before those that are. I would say that's the biggest one. And then you talked about, what was the other question, leadership? Yeah. What have you learned that like constitutes a good leader or yeah. makes you more effective in your leadership? So I would say this is the biggest one that I've actually struggled with, but it's at the same time the most important one. And it's just doing the things you say you're going to do and following through on the same thing for your people. So accountability is something that I've been soft with in the past. And that's been a continual process for me to work on how to hold people accountable the right way that's congruent with my personality. So I struggle with, you know, coming off too much of a hard, you know what, and uh, then there's times where I'm just way too soft and people get by with things that are less than their best. So it's just finding the balance. And right now I am in the midst of working on that. For me, it'll probably be a continual opportunity just because of where I come from and how I am and how I operate. That's what I would say, just being a man of your word and then helping men and women be men and women of their word. Right. Nice. That's very cool. So you work with a lot of people that are still in a very... Um, intensive stage of their life where they're transitioning from childhood to adulthood, it sounds like. What are some materials or books that you would recommend someone that is a graduating senior or an incoming college freshman? What do you find to be inspiring for the kind of growth that you're speaking about? Yeah, well, whenever I get this question, I always answer with uh, John C. Maxwell. Basically, any of his stuff is very nutritious to the mind and soul, and especially if you're looking to become a leader in any capacity, which I think that's an interesting concept by itself, right? A lot of times people look at leadership as somebody that's 
the head of a program or a CEO or a president somewhere. And really, in my opinion, we all are leading people. It's just where are we leading them? Is it a good direction or a bad direction? So, you know, we all have influence over at least somebody and that's leadership at, you know, 101 level. But John C. Maxwell's got some really good stuff on how to take things to the next level and, and really become a leader that has a lot of influence and, and create some magnitude with what they do. I would also say one of my favorite books, this is one of those books where I just couldn't wait to get to it. And I just loved the stories in it. And it was a unique, it's, it's uniquely put together. Stephen Covey actually is the individual that edits it. And he, he basically just is the one that put it all together and asked some questions in it. But it's actually a bunch of excerpts from Reader's Digest. And what it does is it goes through a bunch of different character traits. And then in those character traits, it has a story from Reader's Digest and it has some questions to reflect on. The book's called Everyday Greatness. And it's one of those books that's kind of like a low flyer. Every time I, I look at it, it's not necessarily getting a lot of traction. I don't really hear anybody else talk about it. But man, it was one of those books that might have just hit me at the right time and it might not hit other people the same way. But uh, it was just so fruitful, had some great stories in it. I really got lost in that one. And I grew a lot from that book. That book challenged me a lot and really helped me focus on some different character traits to develop. Those would be the two directions I take people initially. So yeah, what do you do to continue your personal development and your learning? Do you have daily challenges or goals that you do to work every day? How do you ensure that your performance is high so that others can be drawn to higher performance? Yeah, so I learned this from uh, my region manager and he talks about having a treasure chest of things that allow you to get in your best emotional state, physical state, whatever it may be. So for me, my treasure chest is music. I like good music. So a lot of times you'll be hard pressed to find me not listening to music. And that's another thing I love about the business I'm in is I can have music playing all day, every day. And then I two for one it with working out. So working out's another one for me. I like to uh, you know, lift weights. I like to to run. And I also find that if I do that in the early mornings, that that helps me start my day the right direction. And and after reading a lot of books and, you know, learning from a lot of individuals, that's what I've seen is early risers are getting things done and being productive at a higher level. So I try to get up around 5, 5.30 in the morning and start my day. And usually it is with the workout and music. So I get to two for one that one. And then I'm constantly in some type of book, and I usually have a couple going on at a time, which might be a negative thing, but I'll have usually something going on with leadership, something that's a little bit more sales-oriented, something spiritual. And I usually try to throw in something that's just totally random, that has nothing to do with anything I'm pursuing, just to kind of keep it fresh and, and allow me to be a little more diverse with my knowledge. I got this book that I'm reading right now. It's like random facts that no one really cares to know, but it's actually my most interesting read right now. So it's kind of interesting how that works. So yeah, I would say those are the main main keys, um, you know, and then just having people around you that are mentoring you and then people that you're at the same level with. And then there's people that you're taking up to your level that are below you. So always paying attention to those three layers. Who is it that you're working with to bring to your level? Who is at your level that you're going to the next level with? And then who is at that next level that you're getting some guidance from. Mm. Yeah. Who is someone at that next level that you're getting guidance from? Who's a key person or mentor in your life? And what did they do to, to help your purpose? 
Yeah, so I have I have a couple of different types. So from church, I have a couple of individuals that do help me with my spiritual growth. And usually we meet over coffee, which we usually meet once every couple of weeks, depending on schedules. And then I have a weekly call with my region manager, who's also my division manager right now. His name is Mike Muriel. You know, he, he helps me with the business side of things. So that's my business mentor. Um, physically, don't I've never really had a trainer. I've always been able to commit to those things and, and get after it. I actually just got done doing a 30-day challenge of working out for 30 minutes or longer. I just found myself not working out as consistently as I wanted to. So I just challenged myself to 30 days and I blasted on social media. So that way I can't hide from it. It keeps me accountable that way, right? Because you got about a thousand people looking at it. So that's been helpful. And that's what I do a lot of times is I challenge myself on these streaks to get myself in the right direction and gain momentum. Because really that's what I feel life's all about is momentum and the best ways to make it fun. I like the challenges because it makes it fun. And I like 30 days because it's a decent amount of time, but not not forever. So I'm not you know stuck to always showing up to the gym every day. And then I committed to a year of sobriety where I'm not uh, touching alcohol. I've, uh, I haven't even touched it or tasted it since the middle of December, actually, but it was December 31st when um, I decided I wasn't going to touch it for 2017. So that was another challenge. So I'm doing those things just to kind of flex my self-discipline muscle. I, I feel like it's allowing me to you know, live at that next level as well. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. What do you think is the role that social media um, can play in your purpose? Do you, do you see social media as as a an enigma to to progress, or do you find that like that people should and can use it to help themselves to grow? Yeah, it's all in how you use it, right? So if you're on it for five hours a day and just busy, you know, sucking in all the information, you can really get messed up, right, mentally. And so I I like to limit my time with it. I think that it can be a negative if you're just allowing it to take up time that should be used in a different direction. So I like to use it for accountability. So anytime I have something going on, like for instance, the sobriety, I I posted, uh, you know, it was like an Izzy. It was a Clementine Izzy, those little carbonated fruit juice drinks. And I took a picture of it and I was like, this is me celebrating New Year's Eve this year. Uh, And then I was like, here's to a year of sobriety. And literally just that statement, like wired it in that, shoot, I just threw this out there and, you know, family's going to see it. Friends are going to see it. And if I happen to have something in my hand that doesn't look like fruit juice, they can call me out on it. So that that just wired it to where I was committed. So I would say for commitments, you know, or goals or things like that, it's good to throw it up. And that way it just forces you to to do what you say you're going to do. And then it's also a great platform to put things going on in your life. I know a lot of times I have different ideas or uh, God a lot of times put things on my heart. I feel that he wants me to put up um, on social media to just hopefully inspire or maybe even help. You know, sometimes I put up some things that aren't that exciting. They're kind of, you know, coming from a place of if you're in a place that's dark, you know, there's there's hope. So I have had people reach out to me and say, hey, thanks for that post. Or this was exactly what I needed. And so that's how I look to use it is just to constantly add value. And uh, I I don't like wasting space on there. So very rarely do I put something up that isn't of high value to me and my life and what is my purpose, you know, as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I 
I was living in Thailand for 15 months and that what I kept contributing to social media was my blog posts um, and, and my pictures. And it was just such a great way to stay connected with people. And I got lots of personal messages about how they felt inspired or interested or asked themselves questions they hadn't asked themselves in a long time and re-engaged with their purpose, essentially. And it felt really good to, to help draw people towards that and to motivate me to write and to continue to be a, an example of how by living purposefully, I can help others to find and live their purpose. That's a big reason my podcast started. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And that's something I don't know if I told you, but I was inspired, you know, watching uh, your your different pictures and your social media posts. I could see that you're just you're really enjoying what you're doing. And I could tell you're doing it for the right reasons, you know, with the kids that you're helping out. And so, yeah, it's really cool to see that part of your journey you know, who you became in the process. I feel like it was a, it was definitely an, uh, a maturing experience for you. Yeah. It's hard to be vulnerable. I think sometimes what fears do you have about being vulnerable in that way? Do you have any fears or does it just come easy to just be so transparent in what you believe and how you live your life? Yeah. Uh, I would say I, I really don't, yeah, I really don't think about it a whole lot. When it comes to vulnerability, because a lot of a lot of what I teach is being vulnerable and, and being open to rejection and failure and those types of things and, and how to respond to it. You know, I, I really just look at life as a process and every experience takes you. It can get you closer to what you want, even if the outcome in the moment isn't necessarily what you wanted or it may not look like it's going in the right direction. It's all a part of the process. And so just surrendering to the fact that everything is happening for a reason. And I know it's cliche to say it, but so when it happens, it's finding that reason, it's finding that purpose, it's finding, you know, what can I draw from this experience that will help me get closer to life in my dreams or get closer to fulfilling my purpose. And so I would say there isn't a lot of fear there for me because I know regardless of the outcome, if I step out of my comfort zone and I become vulnerable whatever the outcome is, you know, it's just, it's just more experience. And it, it, either way, whether it's good in my world or bad in my world, I know I can learn from it. So that's, that's what I would say to vulnerability for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do still have fear, but a lot of times, like I said, I just put it in check with knowing that I have a higher power. And a lot of times when I, when I feel like things come into my life, if it's something that God wants me to do, he's going to give me enough signs to pull the trigger and I know that when that's the case, if I do pull the trigger, it's not about me. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know what to say, know what to do, have the finances even to you know facilitate some things, different programs. It's, it's going to be his will and his way. And I just got to be the vessel that's willing to accept that and surrender to the process and say yes, so that it is me that he uses if that's what he wants, you know? Yeah. And I believe a couple of nights ago on our phone call, you mentioned to me that you have a, a really big project that you're gearing up for next year. Do you want to go into that at all? Yeah. So basically what we want to do is, uh, and this was really just something that I personally didn't see happening. It was uh, just being open to hearing what God would have for me. And and about four or five years ago, he actually put on my heart to start an orphanage type of camp. So not an orphanage, but like a, a summer camp, uh, something like a Bible camp type of idea where kids can come out that are part of the foster care system and 
could just have a good time, a blast, and connect with mentors and things like that and connect with each other. Most recently, it's it's really turned into really just going to be a weekend type of getaway for our, for our first event. And what the vision's looking like is having the whole family come out for a couple of days. And during those couple of days, the parents are going to get a little bit of like a, a spa day or a royalty type of thing where they just get pampered and we just treat them with some stuff and say thank you for the role that they play and what they're doing for the kids. And then we'll have some education that happens, too, where we have individuals that are experts in this arena, understanding the psychology and the, you know, just the battles that can come with that, that, that whole circumstance. Basically come in and educate and empower the parents. And then with the kids, same idea, except we're just going to have fun and do some competitions and, and really just enjoy each other's company and be able to connect but then um, at nighttime, have a little bit more of like a campfire type of setting where they get to open up if they want, maybe tell their story. And, and the idea is that, you know, these kids hear from other kids that, you know, I'm not the only one. Um, there's other people going through what I'm going through. And then having individuals that have gone through the system and have come out on the other end with it working out in a good way, telling their story and saying, hey, you know, I was in your shoes and look what I'm doing today. Just keep doing the right thing the right way. You know, maybe they tell those kids, you know, hey, this is the right thing, the right way. This is what it looks like. And you can get where I'm at. So really, it's just to inspire. It's to, you know, instill hope in the children, uh, regardless of their circumstance, whether they're with a foster family or they go back to their original parents, uh, whatever the case may be, that they can make it and that there's people out there that do care about them. And that's the idea with the mentorship is that during those couple of days, there's relationships established that will give these children a level of security that they have somebody that they can you know reach out to if they need to for anything is the idea and a little bit different than big brothers big sisters where it's not like a commitment from either end it's going to be just a little bit more casual and uh, a little bit more organic i guess to where it's just a mutual want to be a part of that relationship on both ends and then you know when these these uh, guys and gals get out of the system at 18 they have somebody that they can go to for resources and for help if they need it. The idea is they come back year in and year out. And it just uh, allows it to be a self-fulfilling thing too, to where they get out of the program and then they come back and they want to help out. They're the next mentor. They're the ones giving the testimony of making it. That's kind of a long-term vision, but we're looking to get that started in the spring here in Wichita. And I'm working with a couple of organizations to put it all together. And it's one of those things where uh, God put it on my plate, but I don't feel like I'm going to be leading it. I'm just going to facilitate and put the right people in place that have a heart for this. It's been interesting since I've been reaching out. I've been finding a lot of different people that are very, very, I guess, interested and want to be engaged and want to really help out. And there just never was really a space for it. And so that's what we're creating is that space to you know, allow people to give back in the way that they want. So it's pretty exciting. That's pretty incredible stuff. You're, you're a hero to many lives, being this sort of facilitator. What do you do to stay so humble? What you're doing is considered great, almost objectively, if this sort of thing is what it turns out to be. What do you do to stay humble or exercise humility? Well, I would say I know that it's not you know, it's not about me at the end of the day ever with anything, even though naturally in our, I guess, innate being, we are selfish. I know that the highest level of fulfillment I've ever felt is when 
another person accomplishes or achieves or has confidence that they didn't have before. And when you're a part of that process and you see that light bulb go on for somebody, or you see somebody that didn't have hope now have hope, or someone that wasn't loved now feels love, that is those moments that I've experienced, you know, those are just beyond anything you can try to replace it with unless it's another experience like it, right? So I would say, you know, while it looks like it is humble, you know, humbling thing for me, or I am being humble or whatever, I'm really not because I'm kind of being selfish in the fact that I get high level fulfillment of bringing that to someone else's world. So I guess it's kind of an interesting paradox would be the right word where, you know, it, it isn't about me, but at the same time, I do get I do get fulfillment from it. But but at the end of the day, you know, I, I know that if I add value to the world in the end, it's going to add value back to me. For instance, just us speaking right here, you know, yeah. um, if I was a jerk to you and you're a representative and I didn't treat you right and cheated you on things, when I reached out and said, hey, man, that's a pretty cool podcast I'd like to be on, you'd be, okay, don't know if I want, want your type on my podcast, right? So even though we interacted six years ago, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think in the end, it's just about finding your calling or your purpose, right? And and then just being open to maxing that out at the highest of levels, whatever that may ask of you. And it is really a surrendering experiment or a surrendering opportunity to let go of your own ambitions and your own dreams and really give to what is being asked of you and being all in. And for me, I delayed this process. Like it was tugging at my heart five years ago. <laughs> I finally took action on it this fall. Uh, the summer I started playing with it a little bit, but this fall I really started getting a little more serious with it. And, and it's continuing to get more serious as we get closer to the spring. So it's not like I immediately was obedient either, right? And at church, we're actually going through the book of Jonah. So I'm reminded of that a little bit where it's like, ah, I don't want to go to Nineveh. You know, I want to I want to do my own thing and, and run from this and let someone else do it, you know? But when we're called to do things, it, a lot of times it is it is our calling and, and God wants to use us for a certain purpose. And we just have to surrender to that. So a lot of it's been that for me, just surrendering to the calling and saying yes. Yeah. Is there a Bible story or a parable or a verse that that encapsulates a lot of this thinking that you have? Well, the overall theme of just giving one's own life for another is the ultimate way to show love. And while I'm not necessarily dying for others (laughs) physically, it's like I said, it's dying to maybe some of your own aspirations or dreams to fulfill what in the moment may not seem like a higher purpose, but at the end of the day is going to be much more magnificent than anything you could have ever dreamt of. And that's what I see happening with some things that are going on right now with things that I'm being called to do. So I I would say the overall Christ sacrificing his perfect life for my imperfect life says that I can sacrifice my imperfect life for another imperfect individual, Mm. right? I really have no right not to do that. And uh, it's just really a, a part of, of who I am now is that. That's what I would say. It's just the overall uh, theme of Christianity where it's just it's sacrificial love. Mm. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. 
And my final question is, what would uh, what would five year old Daniel say to Daniel today? Five year old Daniel would say to the Daniel today, "Don't take life so serious." <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> well, I, well, I like to think I have a lot of fun with everything I do. The five year old Daniel had a lot of fun. So that guy, that guy was a pretty free spirit, and he went out and very similar in the way that we love. But uh, that five-year-old Daniel was was not taking things as serious. So cool, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, sharing a lot of your purpose and the ways in which you do sacrifice for others and you really lead with love. I think that's really admirable, and I'm really thankful that you reached out to me to be to be on my podcast. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, Tanner. And like I said, it checks one off the good old dreams list and never would have thought it was happening this direction from good old Tanner Badgley back in the day. But it's so cool to see what you're doing, what you're creating, you know, who you're becoming and, and what you're looking to do with the, the urban school situation. And I'm just really excited to be a part of your team and, and helping you in any way that I, I can in the future as well. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to, uh, to all the work that you got to do to establish your purpose and reach high performance standards that I know you have and inspire all those people in your community. <laughs> all right, Ted. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. You know it, brother. Keep up the good work. All right. Bye-bye. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, join our intentional group Purpose Seekers from the Facebook page. Join in longer form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 